to the podcast channel of Malaysian Law Student Network or MSN in short. Today, we delve into the overlapping shades of law and commerce and look at what the founders of legal firms in Malaysia have to say. Organized by The Legal Space, this is Founders Insights setting up a law firm in Malaysia, featuring firm founders Ms. Jamie Wong, Mr. Harold Tan, and Mr. Manho Wong. Enjoy! To start off, please allow me to briefly introduce first our three esteemed speakers today. So first off, we have Ms. Jamie Wong, the, founders of, the founder of Monsieur's Jamie Wong. She has engaged in active legal practice for 12 years with a specific focus in corporate and commercial litigation. Upon completing her bar vocational course at BPP Law School in London, Jamie was called to the English Bar in 2007 and subsequently to the Malaysian Bar as well. Ms. Jamie has always believed that besides mastering various legal skills, interpersonal skills are equally important for lawyers to pick up and she pinned it down to the fact that the law, or rather legal practice, slants more towards the arts and humanities rather than hard sciences. So to possess some form of a human touch is crucial to the career of an aspiring legal practitioner. Next up, we have Mr. Harold Tan, who is one of the founding partners of Harold and Lam Partnership. His main areas of practice are commercial and tax dispute resolution, but his portfolio of dispute resolution work goes beyond those areas. He has dealt with cases involving shareholder disputes, corporate restructuring, banking and finance, professional negligence, and many more. Mr. Harold graduated from the University of New South Wales, Australia, with a double degree in laws and accounting. He was then called to the Malaysian Bar as an advocate and solicitor of the High Court of Malaya, in June 2001. And last but not least, we welcome Mr. Wong Manho on board with us today. Mr. Manho, the managing partner in Manho or MH Law, was admitted as an advocate and solicitor of the High Court of Malaya in 2007. He specializes in pre-dispute advisory work, strategic litigation planning, and commercial law advisory matters. He dabbles in practice areas such as litigation work, ranging from corporate to employment law. And interestingly, prior to joining legal practice, Mr. Manho was in charge of industrial relation matters in one of the largest automotive players in Malaysia. And it is his subsequent elevation to be the special assistant to the CEO where he acquired his commercial and business acumen we see today. So we welcome all our speakers once again, and we hope that our participants will reap a great deal of benefits and insights, of course, out of today's um, panel discussion. So without further ado, we will now move on to the main body of today's session. So I guess um, we can start off with a question which I believe a lot of our audience are wondering today. Um, what exactly motivated you to open up your own firm? Was this something you've always wanted to do? Or was it a thought that you just come across when you're practicing? Maybe I can direct this to Jamie first, to start us off. Thank you, Kaysen. Um, It's definitely not uh, the letter which is uh, suddenly sparked in my mind and then okay I can go and start up the uh, law firm already. Uh, for me it's more of a challenge. It's it's inherent in me that I welcome challenges. I, I, I always feel that uh, in order to test to maximize my potential I have to um, try and push uh, uh, as much as I can. So um, I, I, I had a plan uh, from the beginning right when I was uh, young um, I didn't want to end up uh, working for 
uh, others in a sense that uh, because uh, in 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 my family we, we were not uh, very well to do in fact we were kind of poor you know buying some rulers or pencils so we we, we had a problem difficulty in in, in doing so so to me uh, at that time in the 1990s i think uh, we all know that if you set up a business, perhaps uh, you'll be able to make a few uh, big bucks. And if you're lucky, you know, you achieve your financial freedom. But th that's not uh, the only thing, I guess, uh, to me. It's more so uh, at that time, we were from Chinese-speaking uh, background. So I never spoke uh, English and I didn't know how to write or speak or even listen to you know, English uh, channels and all that. So I thought to myself, uh, what would I want to be uh, when I become an adult or when, when I had a chance to go overseas to studies? I think uh, that's how I picked a law lawyer, um, the legal profession. I thought it's uh, challenging enough for me. It's uh, intellectually stimulating. Uh, it's, it's something that will push me to kind of self-learn uh, since I don't have money to to go for <laughs> English uh, tuition classes. So that's uh, what motivated me. So so when I started uh, practicing or after I got called to, to the bar, after coming back from the UK, uh, I, I started to observe and, and learn uh, very much. I worked very, very hard and uh, learn from the seniors and the partners. And um, that, that had always been part of my aspiration to, to, to start uh, the law firm. So it's, it's more of a pull factor. It's, it's more coming from within myself that I wanted to start. That's all for me. Thank you, Jamie. What about Harold? Do you share the same sentiment or do you have a different journey altogether? Setting up a law firm of my own, which I've now done, has not been my uh, original goal. Because the original goal that I had after you know, graduation and starting practice was to ultimately be elevated, become a partner of a law firm. It need not be my own, uh, but at least you know, it, it will be in a partnership. So at, the, at that time, you know, I, I was actually working with, uh, with Mesoscreen one of the largest then and still now, uh, one of the most established law firms in Malaysia. Uh, you know, chambering and then continue to practice and until a partnership at, uh, after 14 years. Uh, it is only after the 14 years that I decided to, you know, to, to set up uh, HRP. And then if you ask me, you know, what was the motivation uh, for, for me taking the plunge when I was actually already the 14 year uh, with, with the same firm, uh, I would like to give you an analogy of, of an elevator uh, versus a lift. You know, while practicing in these large law firms, you know, that the, the culture there was excellent. So you're actually looking at an escalator, a very stable escalator where you know for very well that, you know, you, if you stay on the escalator, one day you will reach the top. But of course, the escalator is slightly slower than the lift. So, but when you go on to and say, okay, I want to set up my own uh, firm, you know, you're actually starting from scratch. And when you enter this particular excavator, uh, this lift, uh, it, basically you do not even know whether it functions. If it functions well, you'll be, you know, you'll be shook up to the top in a, in a much, much faster rate. But if it does not work, uh, well, you just have to come off the lift and then find your new escalator. So that was the challenges, and uh, um, well, that, that's that's my personal experience. What uh, when I was that's about six years ago. So I took the plunge and got into the lift, 
that's where I am right now. Thank you, Harold. What about Manho? What made you to go into deadlift? I very different from uh, Jamie and Harold. I do not have the intention uh, to set up at all at the beginning. You know, uh, at the beginning, it's still like Harold, you know, uh, one day want to be a partner in a firm. But I really never thought of setting up at all. Um, then uh, after about six years in practice, uh, about six, seven years in practice, um, things started to change. Um, the firm uh, has started to change. The firm I was in has started, has started to change. Um, the, the, the size of the firms uh, also changing and also policies as well has changed subsequently. So that made me think whether I want to be part of this or, uh, or not, or whether this direction of the firm is something I want to be in or, or not. So, you know, it's this very quick, uh, um, short period of time. I just think I should not, I want to maybe start up on my own. Um, to, to a certain extent, I was slightly not happy. I was slightly not happy. So that's the reason why I, I thought of moving on. Uh, as I always believe, you know, if you have a lot of complaint, you don't stay. If you stay, you don't complain. So I choose, okay, I do not want to stay. I don't complain. All right, I move on. Uh, I, I need to be very honest. You know, that must be a reason why we move on, uh, especially to set up. And that time, uh, and also, you know, not much choices to us. Um, you know, you, you can, of course, uh, go in-house um, and, and you no. Know, Another possible choice is to really to set up. Um, so that's why I choose to set up uh, to, to, to have my own say. But it started quite late for me after six, seven years. Yeah, that's about it. Thank you, Manho. Thank you, everybody. I think Harold just now mentioned something very interesting, right? He mentioned about the elevation from the elevator, the lift. And you mentioned about how you have to start everything from scratch. So I think we can go on and maybe discuss some of the nitty-gritty steps or procedures that you have to go through when you have to set up a law firm in Malaysia. Is it particularly complicated when you are doing it? Uh, maybe I can direct this to Manho first. Um, you mean the procedures of uh, starting a law firm? Uh, is that what you mean, cousin? Yes, that's right. Uh, actually, I feel if you ask me, it has been eight years ago. I don't really remember, honestly. Uh, but I remember something that is uh, very simple. Um, I remember this first letter uh, without letterhead from myself, signing uh, given to the bar council, telling the bar council that I want to set up with this is my name and this is my address. And I think uh, about 48 hours subsequently, I received a letter from bar council, confirmed uh, you're allowed to open. And that's it. You know, it's, it's so simple uh, in terms of setting up law firm in Malaysia. Is, is that simple. But of course, I think uh, internally, if you have a partner, you must have uh, to prepare partnership agreement. Uh, and you know, you have to look for places, you have to set up accounts, how your account to be and things like that. So, so these are the things that subsequently uh, you will have to follow. But in terms of uh, setting up procedures, um, I think basically that's it. You know, it's, it's, that, it's that simple, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Thank you for jogging your memory for us, Mr. Manho. What about Jamie? Do you share the same experience? 
Um, experience, I, I probably differ slightly from uh, that of Manu. Yes, it's, it's true that now that we've come to eight or seven years and in, in, uh, since we have established your own firm, a lot of the uh, uh, nitty gritty have already been wiped out of our memory. But I, I do remember uh, writing into the Bar Council and get the approval to, to, to set up your law firm. And those days, I mean, okay, it's not too long ago. Again, I have to remind myself, but Bar Council responds, uh, it responded quite quickly. Uh, like you say, 48 hours, you are allowed, as long as you put down the details, right? First of all, the name of the firm, the uh, partner, the, uh, uh, the constitution of the, the firm, the uh, phone number, your contact details and address. So that's the first step. Uh, of course, whatever that happened after that really depends on your, your plan and how grand you want it to be or how simple you want your firm to start. So it, it's, it's really, it, let's say, uh, uh, and, 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 and the, the capital, how much money you have uh, to spend, right? Uh, it all depends. If you want to set up a proper one, it, it depends on what how you, you see your firm to, to, to start off as, right? Then you have to go and purchase furniture. You have to set up a bank account. You have to um, uh, follow a set of... Do, do you want to have staff? Do you need uh, any uh, accountants to, to kind of give you a plan beforehand? So, so it all depends on your plans. Uh, like I said, uh, well, in legal practice, it's more like a free market, like a private practice. In, and it's very, very much different from, I mean, it's somewhat different from SS, uh, Sandra, setting up a Sandram Verhat because then there you have a list of uh, administrative procedure. You need a company secretary to, you know, kind of advise you how to set up a company. So as for law firms, as long as you uh, have attained uh, you have obtained your uh, certificate, uh, practicing certificate, or you're a fully qualified advocate and solicitor. You you are eligible to to start up a, a law firm. The question is, like, of course, all the students will ask, uh, is when, how, how do I decide when to start up? So that's. Thanks, Jamie. I think you mentioned a very good point in terms of how law students, they always ponder upon when is the best time to start. So maybe we can talk a little bit about how there's this stereotype going on right around the market saying, oh, you have to practice for a certain number of years before you can establish your own firm. Would you say that this is a fair assumption? Maybe, Harold, do you want to take this question? Uh, certainly. 100%. Uh, you know, for, for me, I, I think even the ideal number of years post-graduation experience that before setting up must at least be three to four years. You know, it, 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 is, it is most important when, when any, any junior lawyers even contemplate setting up, uh, the, the, he or she would certainly need uh, to learn the tools of the trade. You know, and uh, so, so that, that, that at the very least, uh, the, he or she does not get into trouble of being negligent in, carry out their work. So that is, that is most important. And uh, if you do not even have three to four years of uh, practical experience, I, I very doubt that uh, the, the lawyer will be able uh, to bring in sufficient work uh, to, you know, to, to, to generate sufficient income to maintain and to continue and to um, ensure that the law firm flourishes. So to me, at least three to four years. Of, practic uh, of practical experience before even thinking of setting. 
Thanks, Harold. I saw J- uh, Jamie nodding her head. Uh, but Jamie, do you want to chip in and add on to what Harold has said? In fact, Harold, I was thinking at least five years, even for me, I, I'm, I'm a slow learner myself. And um, I, I, I started at my fifth year, uh, but I thought I, I, there's still so many things to learn, you know, as we progress, even till today, there are so many things to learn. I think you're being modest to say three, four years. It took me 14 years, uh, Jamie. <laughs> right? It took me 14 years yes i think it's very very true what harold say um we are professional right we are not labor staff labor worker where you can just jump on to a bandwagon or you just can just start the business if it fails it fails it's it's a it's it's more the uh, responsibility and the possible liability the exposure to liability that you'll be facing right uh we talk about professional negligence and all that the consequences is something that you you need to take into account as a professional professional hence it is very 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 important that you master the legal skills first master what you are uh, uh, set up to do to begin with uh, even from uh, uh, from a law student's perspective um yeah that's that's what i thanks jamie what about manho do you share the same sentiment uh i would say four to six years um i think that's average maybe our time uh, I mean, I set up about eight years ago. Uh, about six, seven years is a good time. It's a good timing. Uh, I would think uh, it will become shorter, right? But I, I think no matter how short it is, uh, three to four years must be the minimum. Uh, and and why, why I said it, it becomes shorter. Uh, say, for example, things that we learn during our time, okay? Uh, for example, doing some research. Last time, maybe we need five hours to do some research, going through the books, textbooks, uh, case law. Now, you know, just certain click, certain uh, from the internet, you can find the answer very, very fast, right? Actually, same thing goes to uh, uh, a lot of information findings and, and learning. Uh, things, uh, a lot of time become, uh, has been reduced, right? So I, I believe, uh, certain timing to learn has also cut short. So I believe in the future, maybe, you know, it can be shorter, uh, four years. But for now, I still feel that, you know, it has to be at least four years up and above. Yeah. Right. But no, I think it's very interesting that you mentioned about how you know, the legal industry during your time is very much different from nowadays, right? So knowing that, I mean, we know that the legal market nowadays, it has been uh, becoming more competitive day by day with all law firms, big or small mushrooming across the nation, and they seem to sort of target the same audience or same group of clients. So we were wondering, how do you sort of distinguish yourself from the rest of the bunch so that you remain competitive in this um, market? Maybe Manho, do you want to continue with your speech? Sure, sure. sure. Um, yeah, you're right. I think it's getting more and more competitive. I think recently, I think on Monday or Tuesday, uh, Bar Council actually now allows uh, virtual office so it can only create more, competi- uh, more competitions uh, among lawyers, definitely. Uh, now it's very, uh, I would say, you know, with limited uh, expenses and all that, then you can actually start up a, a law firm. So yeah, it's definitely more competitive. And how do we um, differentiate ourselves? I, I think we have different target market to begin with. Um, 
like for example, even uh, Jamie Harrell, you know, we all maybe have the same uh, practice, the same area like commercial lead litigation and things like that. But still, uh, we have very, very different market. For example, maybe Harold, you know, he will have uh, clients from a listed company. Uh, for me personally, I will have a lot of uh, mom and pops uh, um, uh, clients. So first of all, it's the target market. You must know your target market. I think that's the first one. Uh, second thing is, um, I think the, 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 the problem we always face as a lawyer, uh, um, we always lose the opportunity to work with certain potential clients um, due to the client willingness to pay, right? Uh, they would think that all legal services are the same, from all the lawyers are the same. Why I pay 10,000 more, why I pay uh, 5,000 extra to this particular lawyer. So in, in terms of that, I think uh, we, how we actually differentiate ourselves. So sometimes we, we try to educate client. Uh, that is uh, very, very dangerous to, to believe that all legal services are the same. Uh, all all um, uh, lawyers are the same. So, so these are the things that we try to develop uh, in, in terms of um, um, educating client. Um, I think also uh, one very important thing is to actually create niche uh, services, um, not just niche uh, practice areas, okay? For example, uh, now Hera is going into tax, which is something not a lot of people are doing. That is a niche uh, practice area. What I'm talking about here, niche uh, services, actually is legal related, but it's not uh, a practice area. For example, uh, like us, we actually over the years, we, we, we developed into um, helping clients in managing crisis using our experience and, and network. So these are the things that I think uh, we have to find to create a different niche market, uh, a blue a blue ocean, so to speak. Yeah, thanks, Kasim. Thank you, Manho. Maybe Harold, do you want to chip in and uh, talk about your views on this? Or would you agree with Manho? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We have we to maintain and uh, continue uh, with the success of the firm. We have always to have to be very creative. We have to keep on changing, uh, changing and catching up with the time. Then we have to remain relevant and competitive. So for 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 my side, my firm side, basically what we did was that you know my HRP is basically a. Uh, uh, mainly focus on dispute resolution. So over the years, we wanted to, uh, you know, bring in and try to expand our capabilities of uh, providing, uh, you know, corporate convincing banking type of uh, services. But it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to bring in. You know, you, you can't just overnight, you know, generate the expertise and 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 the, the resources required to provide that type of service. Uh, but we, we believe that, you know, in, in order to maintain and sustain the firm long term, uh, our strategy had been uh, to grow. We wanted to grow. We wanted to grow to, to the extent of being a full service firm. So recently, you know, since last year, uh, end of 2020, uh, we, we, HLP has actually entered into a strategic alliance, a former strategic alliance with another law firm who is a specialist in real estate and corporate uh, and then uh, called Halim Hong and Quen. So by the combined resources, we, we will be able to cross-refer clients and we'll be able to uh, market ourselves as a full 
full service type of uh, entity uh, with a combined resources of the, of the firms together will be about 50 over lawyers uh, with another 100, 100 staff. So, so that's one of the, the, the strategies that we have adopted uh, to mean, remain relevant and competitive in the industry. I see. What about Jamie? Apart from being relevant and catching up with times, would you... Are there any other setbacks or challenges that you've faced when you are founding the firm or when you're managing the firm throughout the years? So before I start, I, I think it's very important. I've, I've um, heard uh, from Manho's perspective and Harold's perspective as to how uh, to stand out is expanding, is growth and remain relevant, keep up with the time. Uh, if anything I could uh, add on, perhaps before I answer your question on the challenges, uh, perhaps uh, there are two things uh, on my mind. I would say the uh, increased use of technology, because uh, for legal profession, uh, our income is based on our productivity, right? And productivity, depending on how much time you put on it, of course, besides your brilliance, right? So uh, if we are able to save more time from by by adopting, you know, all this uh, technology that helps with uh, general administrative work or some of the basic legal work, then we'll be able to uh, focus on a lot of uh, actual legal work. Um, secondly, uh, I would think the to focus on personal relationships to to help um, you to to stand out from others because I think when uh, it comes to uh, hiring lawyer or from from the public general uh, public perspective the word of mouth is always more uh, impressive than uh, let's say you see an see see a poster of a lawyer uh, you know on on the internet I think uh, if you have a personal uh, refer referrals or, 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 or personal recommendation from the exist your existing client that will bring in uh, more files uh, more new briefs that that's that's on that I, I would say that it's uh, perhaps personal branding and marketing that's uh, also something to look into. I'm not saying it's the most important, but uh, like I said, you know, to stand out, you need to take into consideration a lot of things, but not to forget who you are, actually. Uh, every individual is so different, so you must uh, focus on your inner strength and, and focus on what you're good at or, or what, what makes you special. Not so much of everybody is doing that, so I'm going to try and do that. Everybody is doing this, so I'm going to try and uh, do this. That will only make you a follower rather than uh, someone who, who, who will stand out. So uh, challenges in terms of um, during starting up or uh, maintaining the firm. These are two very broad and different challenges. <laughs> uh, uh, topics all together <laughs> but maybe jamie you can talk about both if you want but you can yeah okay maybe let's talk about during your journey of setting up a firm yeah what challenges have you faced okay thank you kason uh as a start like i said i i really have almost no resources no financial support when i started so the challenges for me really was really like a we, in Chinese, we call it the one leg cake, right? So you have to be your own the dispatch boy, photocopier, uh, reading up emails, picking up calls, go to courts um, and uh, meeting clients until late at night. And then you start to draft 
your uh, course papers or legal documents at 12 a.m. in the morning, and then you have to uh, bind your own uh, 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 bundles and, 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 and file it in court the next morning before 8 o'clock, because uh, by 8.30, you're going to be in court to, 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 to attend some hearings. But lucky for me, I have my parents to, to, to help me out, and sometimes my mom would even stay back in the, in the office. Those days, I had one bare unit, right, small place, and uh, my mom would sit there and uh, wait for me to finish my drafting and help me to bind documents until 2, 3 a.m. sometimes. I'm not saying every day. So I find it quite challenging, but at the same time, I feel that, okay, I have to look on the bright side, right? I have to this bond with my mom. Sometimes I scolded her because of some mistakes of putting letters in the in the wrong envelope and all that. But but this is a life journey, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, I have to, let's say, uh, deliver documents. I have to do all sorts of things uh, and, and I, I calculated maybe 10-20% uh, of the time. So as a sole proprietor for myself, I have to divide my time uh, as compared to in the past, I can just put 100% of my uh, uh, office hours or time on legal, pure legal work, right? Uh, as a partner or a sole proprietor of a firm, you have to divide your attention and time maybe tenfold or, or maybe five if I'm exaggerating a bit too much. Uh, finance side, planning side, client management side, legal work, not only that, research and um, uh, and administrative work. There, there are a lot of administrative work. As you grow, uh, we have additional uh, staff and associates. And there is where the challenge uh, starts because everybody has their own mind, right? So you have to manage the people in the firm. And at the same time, without deviating from your own vision, right? Long-term vision, the long-term goal. What do you want the firm to be? And you want uh, everybody to grow together with the firm or vice versa. Uh, uh, what, what sort of... Uh, culture in uh, the values and principles and 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 it's the tough the most challenging thing is to get everyone to share the same um, uh, direction or value uh, as time uh, goes by uh, it's, it's, it's like people change right uh, people face different things so say for example during the pandemic a lot of things change we we also change our perspective we also change our views Oh, our worldview and our uh, thinking of, oh, what have I been doing? Huh? Why am I doing this now? Okay, I'm going to uh, do something else now. I'm going to do, you know, change my path, both career-wise and uh, uh, life path. So uh, the most challenging thing would be this, to maintain the same uh, drive, to maintain uh, the people to be aligned with you all throughout, because setting up a firm is part of your life is for as long as it can uh, stand, right? Uh, and collaboration, yes, it's also very, very important, like Harold said. Uh, so recently, we have also come, uh, we, I've always been um, collaborating with both senior counsel to the most senior and po prominent counsel to uh, collaborating with other firms. Uh, some solicitors firm even uh, engages as counsel to take on the counsel role as for, um, uh, tapping into new area, uh, area, it doesn't mean that if you didn't have the experience, you cannot go and practice uh, in that area. You can always learn from your uh, associate firms, your firm that you can collaborate with. For example, right now, I, I am learning uh, from uh, a firm called Chu Diwe, who's 
kind of uh, practice a lot of uh, divorce cases, right? So we will share resources and learn from each other at the same time. As for myself, we 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 do dispute resolution, arbitration, commercial and corporate uh, uh, litigation, and at the same time, we can also you know kind of uh, uh, share uh, with the the other firm firm whom you choose to collaborate with. So that's one one way of looking at it, I think. Thank you, Jamie. Maybe I can direct the next question to Manho. So building on uh, Jamie's point about how maintaining the same drive as you've started your founder journey is extremely challenging. So how do you usually cope with um, this particular challenge? How do you maintain that same drive um, throughout your journey as founder thus far? How do I maintain? This is a very, very difficult question in the sense that you can't question yourself too much when you do this. <laughs> then you start to you know, have more questions to answer. Uh, but personally, how do I maintain uh, the drive? I think to begin, with, to begin with, you need to really have the passion uh, uh, in practice. If not, I think that's the first hurdle you won't be able to go through. Uh, as we know, practicing law is such a difficult thing in life. I mean, compared to a lot of uh, profession, I think this is one of the most difficult ones. Simply because uh, I think the practice itself, we are dealing with people. We are dealing, dealing with human beings. We have to deal with the judge as a, as a litigator. We have to deal with clients. We have to deal with uh, people in the office, deal with uh, partners. Uh, you know, everybody, your lawyers, you know, the, the younger generation as well. So uh, in order to maintain that, I think you have to keep your passion going. Uh, you have to always uh, find ways to, 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 to um, make yourself um, relevant and, and continue to, to, to learn from others as well. Okay. I think uh, whatever things that's happening today, I, uh, as as uh, Jenning, I think at the beginning, Jamie has has, has said, and also Harold has said, um, you know, you all did a good job. You know, this actually can actually motivate us to go further. Uh, I think things like that is, is very important. Uh, uh, people around us, uh, our peers, um, like uh, Harold was my opponent. That's how I get to know Harold. So, so, you know, these are the people, you know, when, when sometimes we meet each other in court, of course, now we don't have the chance to do that anymore. You know, we, we talk about how are things going, how are practice, how's your case going? You know, these are the things that actually really keep us going. Uh, the comrade street, I, I, I will put it uh, that way. Uh, so passion, comrade street, I think both are very important to keep yourself going. Of course, I think the third thing, uh, the motivation is, uh, the life that you want. Uh, ultimately, we all making a living here, right? Um, setting up firm is something that you can actually build and build around the, the life that you want. I, I think, especially when you start uh, on your own, you build uh, based on the direction that you want, you set your own policy. Ultimately, that is the goal and that's what you want to achieve. I, I, I think ultimately this is the, the, the most important thing. Uh, the motivation is to achieve what you want. Yeah. Thanks, Manho. So Manho, you mentioned about being able to set your own direction and your own goal, right, in, in the long run, so that that sort of keeps you going because you know that that is something that you want to achieve at the end of the day. So I was just wondering, maybe Harold can answer this question. Are there any perks or highlights in your founder career that you really think, oh, this is something that I want to achieve more and more, you know, going forward in the future? 
Well, well first, first of all, I, I actually enjoy practicing very much. So I, 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 I'm most glad that I've actually uh, found the, the job that I really like. So, so there's actually no, no, not much of a problem of uh, no, being motivated to continue with what I'm doing. And uh, well, the, the, when you talk about perks, uh, well, I reckon that, you know, if, it, uh, if you are able to, to, to do well in legal practice, uh, you will be able to live a, a rather comfortable life. So, so that's, that's, that's like, like you said, like, like what uh, Manu had been saying, you know, this, this, this is part of our life. This is our job, this is part of our life. You know, we build our career around our life. And, uh, you know, and it's, 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 it's a, it's, it's worthwhile, it's a, it's a worthwhile career for, at least for myself. Thanks, Harold. What about Jamie? What do you think about this? Um, perks. <laughs> I only know that your responsibility has expanded, just like the Spider-Man's role, right? The, the more you, you what what do you call that? The more you want to help, the, the more responsibility you have. Uh, that's a, a powers, great powers come with great responsibility, Jenny. With great powers come with great responsibility. But on the other hand, with the more responsibility comes power as well. So it depends on whether really is your thing. I think uh, running your own firm is not everybody's. Uh, uh, it's not everybody's thing. I have friends who who has been partner for almost fifteen years, and then they came out. Uh, to start at their 20th years, right? And um, they sometimes they wonder whether is it really uh, 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 what they want? It's not for everybody. That's one you need to know. Uh, perks for me personally, I think it's more autonomy uh, as, as just what Manho said and, and any, just like any young uh, lawyers would envision, would, would, would envisage that they want more say in, in handling the file. They have their own opinions. They think that they are right. And the seniors were, were thinking, ah, they shut them down straight away. So they feel um, not very uh, supported, right? Not, not very encouraged or their work is not appreciated. Um, the other thing uh, that I that came to my mind, sorry, I'm a bit random here, but uh, I think it's uh, don't fall for the peers' pressure. Some people uh, do it because they just wanted to reduce the peers' pressure. We are in an entrepreneurial uh, era, yes, for sure. But uh, we we also know, just like what the other day we were having, uh, I was uh, having a meeting with my associates and I was saying that, okay, could anyone tell me what's uh, happening here? There are more and more young lawyers coming out, such up. Uh, what's going on, on in their mind? Uh, of course, there are two factors. One is inherent. Uh, those who have already uh, have the ambition since the beginning of, for example, like myself, when I was studying already, I was thinking to myself, okay, by this year, I wanted to start up. I wanted to do this. I want to do that. Some just because they are not happy at all uh, or uh, suddenly certain things change and they wanted to start. There are many, many reasons. Um, for, for, for me, you will derive the best uh, benefit advantage uh, if you know what you're doing and you enjoy uh, what you're doing. For me, I really enjoy uh, the learning uh, experience, the exposure, being a partner or a sole proprietor myself I get to be I sometimes it's like being thrown up uh, into a, an open sea 
right? For, for me, I have to go through uh, a lot of uh, challenges, have to face a lot of uh, really out of your control kind of scenario situations. And I enjoy that. Uh, as long as I don't die, uh, you know, it's, it's a matter of like uh, pushing the limit, uh, see how much you survive. So those are the things. And also the um, ability to, to meet uh, potential clients and meet uh, as many people as possible, whether it's corporate uh, personnel, your fellow members of the bars. Uh, 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 the, 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 the key is really the ability, the, the key is really to uh, be able to reach out uh, in this day and time. I think that's, that's very important. For me, I'm generally a person uh, people person in a sense that you see that how I couldn't um, help it but to make noise in front of the screen when there is this awkward silence I, I feel that it's ridiculous what happened to our the you know old time sentiment uh, you know we meet face to face you look at your uh, body language we can observe how you feel on the screen there's no such thing so I, I I'm trying to uh, adapt and, and, and get into this as well so so these are things you get to learn from the young ones right the juniors the the, the ones who are very very well versed with technology technology they say hey boss click on that click on that where is that stupid button oh on the top right why are they all over the the screen i say you know why can't they put everything in a, but you know that's how uh, how how interesting it is so these are the perks when you know you're your own um uh employee let's say you're your own boss and then you have um uh, young uh, pupils or even interns come come to you you, you can learn from them so these are the perks i would say Thanks, Jamie. I think it's very interesting that you brought up virtual meetings and how we are currently talking over Zoom in front of a screen. So I think it's timely that we talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic has really impacted on the legal industry as a whole, right? So on, on a curious note, how do you how do your firms really deal with this pandemic and how do you overcome the challenges, which I believe is increasing um, during this day and age? Um, maybe Harold can take this question first. Well, when, when the pandemics first uh, kicked in and the MCO uh, way back in March last, last year, you know, the courts, courts uh, basically shut down. So when the court shut down, then litigation basically came to a stop. And, uh, you know, we, without, without hearings, you know, we, 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 we as the litigators, you know, dispute resolution lawyers basically would have uh, basically lost, lost an important stream of our income. So that, that was very, very worrying at that time. Uh, of course, then the, the initial uh, strategies was basically to cut costs, uh, to, to try to defer salaries, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and, but we were all lucky because the court started operations not, uh, not too long after uh, by now adopting uh, technology to conduct hearings online. Which uh, you know the online hearings are still still being carried out even until now, and you know uh, of course during that the, during the initial stages we were all lawyers judges you know the courts were all very new to to for example Zoom, you know we never heard of Zoom until the MCO, so and now I think everyone is an expert in uh, screen share now, <laughs> so so that that was one of the things that we new things that we learned uh, adopting technology uh, to to make. You know, here, uh, make matter, matter, uh, things better. Right, thanks, Harold. What about Manho? What's your experience um, throughout this pandemic? 
Uh, I think yes, uh, Harold has put it. Um, we are quite worried as well. Um, I think for sure we are affected uh, simply because the court was closed um, at that time. Uh, even even subsequently, even the court has uh, opened uh, and, and hearing has go on and things like that. Um, you know, ultimately we are running a business. Um, collection is also a problem because clients are affected as well. So, so that goes to affect cash flow of people running firms like us. Especially, you know, if, if you have um, you have an office, you know, you, you have uh, lawyers as well, you have staff, things like that, you would just have to manage it properly. Uh, because um, I think a lot of businesses close down simply because, not because not, they are not doing well, it's just because they cannot handle the cash flow problem. So uh, to me, uh, how we can actually manage it is really to, to, to be very careful with the cash flow. Ultimately, uh, moving forward, I feel uh, the worst has not come yet, uh, even to legal profession, personally, I feel. Uh, and, and in general, things are getting worse. It's, it's not going to be getting better in the next uh, one or two years, I feel. Okay. Uh, so I, I believe the legal profession cannot stay like this. Uh, uh, the way we practice, the way of we running the firm, the model that we are in, I, I don't think so. So honestly, I, I'm thinking about uh, ways, you know, for example, uh, like what Harris has already done uh, with, with other firms, you know, forming strategic partnership and all that. Uh, personally, I'm thinking uh, how to deal with the situation is also uh, to consolidate resources uh, you know, with other lawyers as well. Uh, but of course, in, in detail, this, this, uh, this has certain hurdles, like legal hurdles as well as um, um, practical hurdles as well. But uh, these are the things that we are looking into, right? Focusing on business relationship, uh, co-branding co uh, exercise, and uh, consolidate uh, uh, resources. Yeah. Thanks, Manho. What about Jamie? Can you chime in and tell us a little bit about how your firm has been coping through the COVID-19 pandemic? Um, so for, for me, I think um, if anybody were to really start at one point, right, it's really to uh, build a res reserve, uh, build a, a money for the rainy days, right? So for me, uh, it has sipped into that reserves after working like seven years. So I think for me, it's still manageable. But uh, at the same time, like uh, Manu and Harold say, you, uh, you have to manage your cash flow, meaning to say, reduce on your overhead and expenditure or your expenses. Of course, there are certain things that you can't really run away from. For example, you committed to the rental or, or committed to paying for purchase of properties for your office in the past. And, and now, you know, uh, this, this is, uh, you, you get uh, uh, slapped by this, this uh, circumstances. And, and, and you have to think of ways to do it. Uh, joining resources is definitely a, a way that we, we, we think about. It helps to also um, make lawyers generally un to understand working in collaborative uh, manner, having a joint effort, um, sharing a similar goal uh, to, to, to overcome this situation is important uh, among the lawyers. And... Um, well, other than that, I think you just need to keep a positive uh, uh, mind. This is where your willpower comes into place, right? When all things are good, nice, uh, well, and, and good and dandy, and, and, and you won't really 
uh, need to stretch your your mind and 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 stretch your energy and effort to to think about how to overcome all these challenges. So you do need to have uh, that willpower, um, and and uh, pers persist and persevere. So, yeah, that's that's how and and also to communicate it to your the members of the firm, uh, to make them understand to to try and communicate what 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 sort of uh, concerns and worries you have, uh, so that they will help at least uh, to give you the moral support. I think uh, at in times like this, you uh, really need the support from the people around you or the people that you see every day at work. So uh, yeah, that, that's something that uh, we're doing. Thanks, Jamie. I think since we are already on the topic of managing cash flows and accounts and stuff, maybe I can just bring up one of the Q&As that have by the participants in the audience. So Zul Elmi Yunus asked, uh, how do you guys manage uh, your administration and account of the firm? How do you handle like these day-to-day -day tasks? Uh, maybe Jamie, do you want to take this question first? Okay, for me personally, I am quite uh, I, 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 I am sort of a micromanager. I enjoy doing uh, administrative work. I, I, I want to to be uh, very uh, meticulous when it comes to money matters. Uh, first rule of thumb is never to use the money that you don't, is not yours. Uh, that's the, the, the thing that I keep repeating to uh, all the students or even the chamber, uh, pupils uh, in all of the seminars and webinars. Owning your firm, uh, you, you may have the power over money matters, but at the same time, never to touch something that is not already yours, uh, never to borrow uh, from the clients uh, and, and so on and so forth. So that's first rule. Number two is you can't run away from a, depending on the transaction number of transactions, you can't run away from uh, uh, keeping a good, healthy spreadsheet, right? Uh, the, the balancing of your accounts, you always have to keep a watch uh, on, on the dollar, every single cent that comes in and go out of the office. So if you do this uh, cons consistently and regularly, then in the future, you the likelihood of you being exposed or, or making a mistake which will cost you years to, to try and regularize, uh, cost you a lot more uh, money to, to, to try and uh, re reconcile your accounts. Uh, I, I think it's more worthwhile to spend a bit uh, of a time or, or a bit more time uh, to consistently keep your, your balance sheet uh, healthy and, and, and consistent. Then administration, I think uh, it, some, okay, so we have, uh, 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 talks right among the lawyers that some of the uh, firms there are remarks saying that hey not so well not so well managed la. or the 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 partners don't like to do administrative work because it's first of all time consuming number two laborious and boring as hell my language um it's it's like you know a, a lot of the lawyers especially legal counsel those Good, really good lawyers, they, they will be like, why am I wasting my time on all these things? But I, I say it's something that you can't run away from because uh, if something is not, if a, a firm is, is dead without uh, uh, the people going in and manage it, so you, you, you can't run away from it. This is uh, an additional responsibility that you have to be willing and prepared 
to put your time and energy and effort in, in, in doing. So administration is maybe brainless in, uh, to, to, some, uh, to, to a certain extent, but if you do it in a creative way, perhaps it will yield more uh, benefits. So that's one way. So administration, uh, you, it depends on how um, anal you are, right? So for me, I, I, I am an OCD person. So even working with me, it's not easy. It's like every single little details have to be accurate and correct and, and, and not to misrepresent and so on and so forth. Same goes to administration. You know, the name of the staff cannot have one L less or one R more. It is, it's, it's as simple as that. So, so it, it, it goes to the quality and standard. So if you have that kind of personality and you identify it to be, you will um, naturally want to spend more time on managing, on, 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 on coping with the administrative work. If you can't do it during the weekday, you come back in, during, during the weekends and, and settle it. I think, yeah, you, you have to do it. There's no way of running away from it unless you have a partner who does only administration job, HR work, and managing clients, they are point person, they don't do legal work. So, so it's the makeup of the firm uh, that you decide how it want, uh, you want it to be. Thanks, Jamie. What about Harold? What's your take on managing and handling um, administration and accounts? I'm fortunate enough uh, for having uh, a slightly larger setup. So uh, basically it makes sense for me to hire uh, managers. So uh, we do have an admin and HR manager as well as an accounts manager. So, so as, as partners, uh, I manage the managers. So, it's, <laughs> so it saves a lot of my, my managing time. But, but, uh, as, as, but uh, the reality is this, uh, of course, as, as partners, as owners of the business, you need to put your personal attention to the running of the firm. So accounts is very important. So uh, two of my more senior partners of my firm actually manages, manager, manages the account side of things. And uh, we, then, we then have another partners who form the EXCO committee of the firm, uh, who are basically in charge of managing the administrative part and HR part of the firm. So in, in that way, and then all the four major partners will, will have regular meetings and we discuss things. And then uh, we, we make a, a firm-wide decisions on policies and how to how to manage you know how to manage the, the firm as a whole so that's that's how my firm has been uh, has, has, has been doing it so I reckon that it's very important to have have this uh, a, a particular setup that uh, you are comfortable with and you don't 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 basically don't be discouraged like, you know having to, to, to look at accounts and look at admin work uh, instead of actually focusing uh, more of your time to, towards uh, doing uh, lawyering work because that's, that's, that's where we earn our money. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Harold. What about you, Manho? How is your firm? Uh, are, you, are your firm dealing with this differently or is it similar to that of um, Ms. Jamie and Mr. Harold? Uh, it's slightly different. Uh, I think just now during the introduction, um, you have mentioned that uh, I actually worked in uh, one corporate company. Uh, I think that's the the, the place that I should learn a lot how to run a business. Um, we, uh, I think lawyers always run business in certain model, right? Uh, but running a business in a different, like a corporate world and, and all that is actually a totally different ballgame altogether. 
So, um, of course, right from the beginning, uh, the first thing, most important thing, finances and also accounts. Uh, we already knew that this is something very important. We cannot take it lightly because it involves our clients' money as well. So, so we, we really take care of that. We hire uh, uh, an external party to deal with our accounts. But um, also, the problem is subsequently uh, things grow, uh, things have developed. Uh, we feel that this is not the best way moving forward. Of course, subsequently the firm has, has grown as well. So um, we, in the corporate world, uh, in the corporate company, we always uh, knew that yeah, there are two ways of looking at the different divisions, right? Uh, the first is the profit center, which is in our context, lawyers, right? The other one is cost center, right? That in, include accounts, um, HR, and, and things like that, administration as well. So, so um, because if let's say uh, I hire a HR manager, an account manager or finance manager, right? It will add up to my cost. It becomes my cost center. How I, uh, how I, how we actually subsequently try to twist it is, is that we actually set up a company, right? Uh, to do our bookkeeping, HR, and also finances and accounts, right? So, that company, of course, we have to pay that company, right? And in turn, that company make, making a profit for us, right? So, so, and that company can also uh, provide services to other companies or law firm as well, and which they did. Uh, I think that that is how subsequently uh, things develop. And, and you know, we, we, we do not have so-called in-house uh, um, administration uh, work or workers, we have a company running that. So, so that's how, how we do it. Yeah. Great, thanks, Manho. So since we're already on the topic of running a business, maybe it's also good that we address this next participant's question, um, Mr. Sundara Devan, or Miss Sundara Devan, sorry. So he or she wants to know your opinions and views on looking for clients and expanding clientele networks. Would Manho want to take this question first? Sure. Um, I, I think I do not know about Jamie and, and Hera. I have huge problem looking for clients right from the beginning. Uh, I have no business network at the beginning. And as I said, I never thought of setting up a law firm. So when I came out, the first thing, most important thing is to survive. So I have to look for uh, businesses and clients. Uh, so I think throughout the years, uh, the experience told us that, you know, how, how we're going to do it is as at the beginning, Right. The problem is because we are new, uh, comparatively, we are younger, we are not so established in the market, uh, we will have problem uh, uh, acquiring uh, client. Uh, but, you know, the important thing is to, to expose yourself to the market, let market know about you. I think that is the most important thing. Um, uh, writing articles, you know, giving interviews and things like that are very important at the beginning. Okay. But that doesn't give you, uh, I don't think it will actually help you to give you a lot of clients based on uh, uh, the effort of doing those things. Um, I, I believe how you actually can get clients up from uh, business development in the sense that you create strategic uh, relationship with uh, your business partners, right? Um, I think also Jamie has mentioned about word of mouth is very important. Uh, we work very closely with a lot of lawyers as well. Um, and 
uh, then then you know people knew how your work is i think that's the most important thing what one of the most important thing is always uh, the, the best marketing tools are your quality of your work okay so that goes without saying you know as a lawyer you must have very good quality in your work then uh, subsequently the, the 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 work will come i see thanks mr manho what about harold do you have a different take on this well, my my major source of work and clientele is basically from referral. So for existing existing clients, we refer new people, you know, their their friends uh, to us. You know, that that is one way of uh, us getting new work. And of course, in order to do that, you know, the client, the the, the existing client of your friends must be must be comfortable uh, with with uh, introducing you to to their contacts. Uh. That's number one. Uh. And then the second second point that I think, and I just give an example of a, of a true scenario of how I actually got some lucrative work, is that when when you go on a market, and you, of course you you want to meet people, you want to get people to know that you are a lawyer, and you you provide this type of lawyering service, right? But but do not hard sell, you know, you know, you being a lawyer, please give me work, you know, you don't do it that way, right? You you, you just meet up with your with this this friend, you know, and just chit chat, and then by the way, you know, this this is what I do, and then you just move on, you know, and hopefully some sometime in, in the future, you know, that this particular person that you have met will remember, oh, that, that Harold is a lawyer, so I have this one, but oh, I can't write those, I give him a call, right? That will give you a lead, okay? And and one very good example is that there is there's one that of course I know a particular person. Uh, and then, then I suddenly have a new, new acquaintance with with someone I, I I've known for the very first time, and he's doing a particular project uh, about rail uh, train uh, equipment services. So then that that thought became as a thought that okay, this type of services by this new acquaintance that I've made may be relevant to this particular clients of mine. Who is actually in, in the construction industry or building, uh, you know, train trains and whatever not the tracks. So I just gave them a call and then I, I and I put them together and then I, I paid for for the for the lunch for them, you know. Then we had a great chat and then uh, basically they they were they became friends and, and uh, you know the, the, uh, possibly you not know, of course in that scenario they did not uh, you, you know contract and do do, do business together like, because it wasn't. Suitable. But what happened after that is that, you know, I, I've gotten the leads already. So because of my goodwill, you know, my, my the, the, the things that I thought that, you know, if I match them together, they would basically benefit. And then because of the goodwill, you know, they actually thought of me when they require legal, legal services. So then from, from there, you know, they, I, I, I got new work from, from them. So that, that's one of the real-life examples of how you can actually get the clients and the new work. Don't hurt sir. Don't hurt Thanks, Harold, for that insightful advice. What about Jamie? Would you concur with Manho and Harold? Yes, uh, all that uh, have been said by uh, Manho and uh, both Manho and Harold resonates with me. Uh, I would, uh, I can't emphasize enough on the quality of your legal work, right? Because if you really put your heart and soul in your work and you do well and you you show 
that you committed, right? Uh, naturally, there will be people who will remember you even if it means eight years down the line. I say eight years is simply because recently, just last year, I got a call from a uh, client from, uh, from where I used to practice as a lawyer. And uh, he said, hey, uh, I have this uh, couple who, who are entrepreneur. They set up their new brand. He, it has... Uh, shot up into the sky. It's really doing really well. But, uh, you know, they have this corporate issue. Can you uh, look into it and handle it? I was thinking to myself, eight years, you know, you 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 have, it's, it's, a, it's a sense of accomplishment as well, like a sense of achievement where, okay, eight years of hard work, people remember you. So it's a, a good thing and you must always remember, uh, give out good work, regardless of uh, uh, how much your pay in a sense that your the quality and standard of uh, uh, an advocate solicitor cannot be compromised just because uh, how much uh, you how much it is valued at um, by others right then the other thing would be um i think um uh, uh networking meeting people i used to think that that would be one of the main and most important uh thing which is to uh network meet meet more people to me there there's no problem because uh i like to learn from uh new uh, learn from people uh, i like to have a good proper conversation and where do you draw the line uh i would say that uh comes net networking is not about the numbers it's about the ability to connect and the ability to see who uh, are your target audience for example your target uh, potential clients and whatnot and uh bearing in mind you know you're not going out there to sell you in a way yes you're selling a product the product is your legal services but um if you overdo it nobody will will think that your you you have a core uh in integrity in a sense because you're a profession so network uh, networking comes with uh the ability to connect and uh, goodwill as well yes all these uh translates into a lot of effort and time and you mustn't be like harold said discouraged from uh doing all these things in the end of the day you must also be you must also enjoy it uh, enjoy what you're doing and maintain retain the passion right it's, it's like keeping the fire burning it's not easy it's not easy, but you still have to go and try to find woods, uh, try to cut if it means that you have to go into the forest to bring uh, the wood back to keep the fire, uh, you know, burning. Uh, yes, that's what we, you know, I, I, I don't know if Mano has the same imagination, but it's just thinking, keeping the fire uh, burning. And um, another thing is you need to um, project your enthusiastic, you need to project that you are interested in the legal problems, uh, you need to be able to empathize and uh, sympathize. You need to be able to communicate well, whether uh, you know you like it or not. Sometimes uh, you have to try and look and uh, to the perspectives of your potential clients or the, whoever who, who are uh, uh, who you are interact interacting with. So yeah, the, those are the core uh, things that you need to know. Uh, in, in terms of building clientele. Thanks, Jamie, for that answer. I can see that uh, the time is overrunning a little bit um, and there are still some remaining questions from Dockers and Adna, but don't worry. We'll have a networking session where Dockers and Anna, you can ask the speakers personally later on. Um, so we wouldn't want to take up too much time for the webinar session, but maybe one final question from me, then we can end this session, is that 
what sort of advice would you give to aspiring law students or practicing lawyers, perhaps, who have plans to open up a law firm in the future in Malaysia? Maybe Jamie can take this question first. Um, for me, it's more uh, on the planning. Uh, there's no such thing as you are too early in planning. Do your planning, uh, observe, uh, try to uh, uh, gauge as much as possible what the market needs and what it will be needing in the future. Uh, the structure, the uh, I, I think all aspects of running uh, the firm, right? And um, uh, practice areas as well. That one is more, I think, from yourself. Uh, I, I see some question asking about environmental law and medical law. I, I don't practice in these areas, but if it's something that you truly uh, are passionate about, you, you truly like, and, and that's where you start uh, to expand on, 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 on learning more and specializing. And uh, naturally, there will, there will be, the, the bridge will, you, you know, will, it will come to that and then uh, it will happen. Uh, everything will fall into place. So, um, so yeah, that, that's what, did I answer your question? <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. Thank you so okay. much. Okay, what about Harold? Well, I think flat, flat planning is important. Uh, you should have a five years plan. Now for, for, for law, law students who aspire to in the future open up their own law firm as a founder of a firm, uh, do uh, give yourself a five, uh, five, five years. And within this particular five years, well, you, you basically do whatever you can in order to ensure that the, the firm that you're going to set up in five years' time is going to succeed. So what are the things that you need to look at? At the very least, you need to build your skills. You know, and at the same time, you need to basically uh, uh, distinguish yourself from amongst your peers. You know, no point setting up a firm and then basically everyone is, you are just one of the thousands, right? You would want to, in the five years time, be able to be distinguished already and people actually know you, cousin, right? And how do you do that? So I've been speaking to, you know, one of my former pupils. Uh, and he is he's basically very talented in writing. So I told him, you know, you, this is your talent. So you make full use of the talent in writing and then, uh, you know, through that, you will be able to basically improve your experience, your skills, legal skills. And also while writing, you published it in LinkedIn, which he is doing now. He writes about three to four articles and publishing in his LinkedIn page every week. So by doing that, I, I find it to be an excellent way of preparing himself to be a successful lawyer in three years, four years, five years time. Right, I encourage everyone, all participants here, to basically join uh, the Mr. Bong Jun Ting on LinkedIn. Have a look at how, how he's doing it. And uh, you know, if you are able to do that, that is one of the ways for you to plan within these five years and then, uh, then only consider opening. Okay. Right, thanks, Harold. Thank you so much. What about Manho on this? Uh, yeah, I think uh, both Jamie and Hera has put it very rightly. Uh, planning is very important. Uh, don't rush into it. I think that's very important. You know, rather late than sorry, uh, you do not have the set skills. Uh, but on top of that, I, I, I believe besides the legal set skills, I, I believe there are 
a few other things that you have to learn. I always believe running a firm, there are three important things to take care of, all right? The first thing, legal skills, right? Lawyering, that one goes without saying, as a lawyer, you must have the basic. Second thing is management and business administration. How you manage people, how you manage account finance, and also uh, the running of the firm operational wise. And the third thing is how do you acquire client and doing business development? You have to plan all these three in order to be to excel in, in running a firm, I believe. Okay. And uh very one very important thing is a lot of people they do not understand there's a difference between finance and account. I, I think learning a finance logic is very important. Uh, you know, account went to the nitty-gritty how uh, the numbers going, but finance concept is very important. That only uh, you can build the firm further uh, and go further. And I think the last thing is we always say uh, work smart, uh, not hard, but running a law firm, you must be prepared to work hard and work smart as well. Yeah. Thank you, Manu, for leaving, uh, leaving us with that insightful quote. So uh, that's the end of our panel discussion and the Q&A session thus far. And I just want to like to express my deepest gratitude once again on behalf of MSN to Manho, to Harold, and to Jamie today. Thank you so, so much for being willing to pull out of, um, you know, pull out time of your busy schedules to attend our webinar and share with our participants um, your journey and experience in setting up a law firm in Malaysia. Uh, we hope that you guys have enjoyed the panel discussion and that all our participants have learned a thing or two out of this webinar session. And that's all for the podcast today. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you have had a fun time listening to the talk and don't forget to join us in the future for many more interesting talks like this. Till then, bye-bye.